have entered a dimension as vast as the Marvel Universe and as infinite as the Force. It is the middle ground between good and evil, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of a nerd's fears and the summit of their fandom. This is the dimension where all nerds speak together. It is an area which we call the Nerdy Bunch Podcast. And now your host, Ellie. What is up? Welcome back to season numero tres. One, two, three. I'm super excited. Um, which we're going to talk about Coco, the Pixar movie. It's freaking amazing. But before I get into it real quick, I kind of want to do a, a quick roll call to who's in right now. So we have Arthur. Hey, that's me. And then we have Caleb. Hello. Bree. Hey. Debbie. Hi. Ivan. Yellow. And the person who did our amazing cover for the season of Among Us and a new member to the squad. You probably heard her, heard her on Nerd Hut. Cheyenne. Hi. Welcome to the crew, man. Not everyone's here, but like, hey, welcome in. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, yeah, so we are talking about Coco today. But before I get into it, um, how's everyone? I know we're back. How are everyone feeling? How was your break? What people are up to? It's the day after Halloween, so I'm hungover, you know. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> Even though this is going to air on Day of the Dead, so don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> you know he survived. Him. <laughs> Not ready for spooky season to be over. I know, me too. It went by so fast. I, I worked on Halloween and like I, I worked at a liquor store. And I worked at a liquor store on Halloween, and only two people the whole night were dressed up. I was so sad. Oh, oh, that's sad. It was funny. I walked into my town's like liquor store and I had a mask on. They're like, hey, no mask. I was like, oh, shit, right. (laughs) And took it off. (laughs) And I was also (laughs) covered in blood. So it was kind of a bit scary for them, too. (laughs) You shouldn't be like, but I have a mask. I need a mask on because COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're a bit okay with that. Uh, Who knows? So did did anyone else dress up for Halloween? No, I had to work. Mm. I did spooky makeup the night before, you know, for those good old grand picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing besides that. Not this year. Tim, you feel kind of pretty sad. Halloween, not as fun as it probably would have been. Yes. I had a chill one too. Like, I just had to have a skeleton dress thing. So, I, I was a skeleton. So, I'm already skinny. So, screw it. People are already calling me a skeleton. So, let's just make it a costume. <laughs> oh, I felt let's that. just be on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, but I'm probably going to like get out of these PJs and go to Target to get some half off candy, you know, because that's the best oh, thing that's, about that's the day the after Halloween. Best. It's mm-hmm. like, because it's like they overstocked. It's like, yay, candy now. And I wouldn't doubt they way overstocked because like around here, not a lot of people trick-or-treated or like was given out candy. So 
it's but that like that's just how it is so i wouldn't doubt that the stores are like here oh free shit. candy <laughs> hell yeah hopefully they are so right after this i need to wake up more so i'm probably gonna eat a shit ton of candy to wake up because coffee's not doing the trick <laughs> but um yeah so let's get right into it i kind of want to start off for those who don't know of what day of the dead is it is not mexican halloween i will repeat day of the dead is not mexican halloween say what i say know what? mind I blown word for that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why people get confused like yes you we do set like well i say we because i am a mexican and i'm a proud mexican whoop whoop um <laughs> all the fellow Mex- Mexicans in this crew hey Mexicans Mexicans <laughs> hey Afro <laughs> um, but yeah so it is celebrated every year on the, the celebrations do tend to start off November 1st and, and on November 2nd is like the day so it's you know the best I could explain it like November 1st is kind of pre-gaming you know doing the like setting everything up and then the next day is everyone c- coming together so, um, yeah, so on Day of the Dead, it's believed that the border between the spirit world and the real world is dissolved. During this brief period, the soul of, de- of the dead awaken and return to the living world to feast, drink, dance, and play music with their loved ones. In turn, the family members treat the deceased as honored guests in their celebrations and leave the deceased favorite foods and other offerings at at a graveside or at the ofrendas built at their homes. So ofrendas is the Spanish word for altars. So I don't know if people have seen where the decorations of altars of you put the picture up of your loved one. So people put celebrities or, you know. Whoever you felt close to that has passed away that year or past years in your family or friends, you put up the photo, you put up their favorite food, drinks, there are traditional things that you would put there, like a sugar skull, or there's a thing called um, the, um, the Day of the Dead Bread, which is delicious. Mm. Oh, God, it's so good. It's, mm. it's so sugary. Mm. Oh, that's like a so fun good. thing. That'd be a fun thing to make. If you like bandulce or like sweet bread, Mexican sweet bread, yeah, this is. Yeah, it is good. And then with hot chocolate or your cafecito, your coffee, you dip it in there because it kind of like mm. dissolves and falls apart. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> now, I low key want to go to the market. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm so uh, good. Market, Ivan. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so just to listen, the, these altars are not for worshiping. They're not for worshiping. They're just meant to welcome back the spirits to the realm of the living. So that's why they're loaded with like offerings, like to offer them like, hey, you've walked so much. Here's your food, your favorite drinks. It could be alcohol, whatever they like. Um, I don't know if we're going to do one in my family. Personally, um, we do do try to do um, an altar every year. Sometimes the weather doesn't let you because um, we, we tend to do it outside. And the, since we get the, those orange flowers, since we get those orange flowers, um, which are, I forgot the name of them. I know I should know the name of them, but those orange flowers that you see in cocoa, they're there, they're, they're used because they are meant to think that they have like magical spiritual powers in a way. Like they kind of, they're like the flowers that survive in the land of the dead. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're also very pretty, and they smell so good too, as well. So I love them in general. I think they're beautiful flowers. Um, but yeah, cocoa is about a story based off of this day and the celebration Mexican culture is kind of diving into the Mexican culture how we are as how many families are and everything and I just love it I kind of wondering what did you guys think about Coco how do you guys feel about the movie so sad just just it just got me got got me at the end like that was just such a sad thing and like another thing that Shan had told me like after like a fourth time watching or whatever was like all those skeletons like like how they died that's like their age they're stuck so like at the beginning if you notice there's a little girl with her mother and it's like yeah damn Oh no, she died that young. Like, oh no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those there, there's a lot of kids in there, and it's kind of like sad and depressing because I never thought about it because I always thought it's a celebration and something beautiful, but like, damn, that's kind of sad. That kid is dead. Yeah. Damn. And, and that thing, young too. Mm-hmm. Another uh, cool thing I like too is like the skeletons themselves. Like, if you like when you look at them, there's like little tiny like designs and stuff on them and everything, which yeah, is like cause... really cool looking. Because that's how, like, um, they do the the sugar skulls and people paint their face for oh, the video. So okay. it's kind of honoring that. I was and wondering kinda, what that meant. Cool. Yeah, and they kind of <laughs> did that too as well to kind of make the – to tell them apart and give each character that is shown even for, like, a millisecond its own character and persona. So it's kind of like the little details on the face and all that stuff, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, it, it's done there because that's what – uh, it, that's that's how you celebrate it. You tend to dress up as a calavera, which is a skull, um, and then you use a lot of colors, brightness, because it's something fun. It is something to celebrate because it's not death is not really seen as like the end of your life. It's kind of like a continuation of your life. It's like the next part. Yes, exactly. Next but journey or whatever. Who else had a little tea jigger moment, or maybe they didn't cry because they're soulless? Not just kidding. <laughs> oh, I fucking bawled my eyes Every out time. at the end. Every, it always gets me. It always gets me. Oh yeah, I, dude. I, I think I think why it like hits close to home is because like you know of like someone who's like a grandmother or grandfather who's just like you know when they're starting to go and everything like that, oh, and you just like hit close to home like like the like Coco herself reminds me of my great grandmother like almost to a T, mm. which is so sad. Like like she's not going that far just yet, but she's she's like. Oh crap! How old is she now? Ninety five now, I believe. Damn. So like, she's been through a lot of shit. <laughs> she's almost a century old. God damn, that's nuts. No, it hit it, it that. Oh, it hit me home too as well. Um, like it always does. But I think this time a little bit more with Coco the grandma because, like you said, it reminded me of my grandma. My grandma um, passed away because of Alzheimer's, and it's just like ah. It hurts my soul. Ah, she's remembering. Ah, for that split second, it's her. And when the daughter was crying because, like, her mom is remembering, oh, I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't. <laughs> Me too. I literally bawled my eyes out as soon as I saw that. I was like, Ugh. yeah, it's sad. And then, oh, and then when the dad is singing to her, and I'm like, oh my god, that's a that's a daughter and daddy moment. Oh no, my heart. Oh no. <laughs> that's the part that I was like crying at because you know with his whole story and he finally gets back to his daughter who is 
at this point like older than he was when he passed Mm -hmm. and then that like that reunion moment is what really got me oh yeah Oh, yeah, because you kind of sound like, oh, no, she passed away, but you're kind of happy because you're like, oh, they're finally together, like, after everything. Yeah, it's definitely bittersweet, for sure. Oh, God. I do like that it, like, like you said, like, the whole concept of the holiday is a, it's like, they have a lot of celebratory aspects, and I like that the story of Coco, like, explained that you know, in a way that kids can also understand, that we can also understand, because like you mentioned earlier, there's that misconception of the Day of the Dead being a, like a Mexican Halloween, and that's definitely not what it is. So I think the story itself, like, it was it was nice because it was, like, educational, but, like, not in a preachy way. Like, it was just a story, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was a really nice way, especially from, like, an outside perspective, like somebody outside of the culture, to gain insight on like the day and what it means from uh, a you know a family's perspective yeah because it is about family it is about a uh, community and coming together and stuff like that and it's I think it's very it's it, like you said it is beautiful but I, th- I think it's just everyone could kind of relate to it like everyone has a family you know like you or you have you made your own family you kind of like think you everyone thinks about the afterlife and it's what happens and what may or may not be and it's kind of like beautiful thing to think of like hey if you kind of keep their memory alive they still are alive and you could meet them in the afterlife yeah Um, I definitely think like no matter what culture you're from like there's a bit of truth to that and that was a really nice aspect too yeah, it's, uh, I love it. It's a beautiful. But besides the storytelling, which thank God, so, like quick side note, I found out when I was looking up like certain little fun facts that they were going to make like the whole movie, like a whole musical. Like from the oh, beginning really? to the end. Yeah, they were. And I'm like, thank God they didn't. Oh, I, I think the amount of music they put in was like appropriate. It is like it did follow the freaking like Pixar kind of style where like good music once in a while. Kind of like how Toy Story is like there's mm-hmm. like music once in a while. And it's not like it's a crazy amount of it, which is it was nice. Like it, it fit well into it, especially since it was about music. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they wanted to do kind of like. It kind of reminds me because they showed like little clips of you guys if you YouTube it. I think it's called like behind the scenes or something like that um, of Coco. And they were do you has everyone seen Hercules? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so oh, yeah. you know how the beginning <laughs> of the movie where it has all the singing and it's amazing. They were gonna do that. Really? To ex- yeah, to explain like Day of the Dead, and then they were gonna have like singing throughout the movie like a complete musical like instead of talking it was just gonna be singing uh, which is what's gonna be bullcrap and telling you it's trash i love you pixar but that's trash thank god you cut that out (laughs) (laughs) we love it now (laughs) just it wouldn't be too bad but yeah i'm glad they didn't do that throughout the whole movie yeah super super dope but they did uh they did for as a, a person who from Mexico and you know that's a culture. I don't know about other about Ivan and then um who else? Brie? Who else is a Mexican over here? <laughs> Arthur, he's half. Arthur, okay. Yeah. So um I, I kind of feel like they kind of did honor the culture itself. They didn't try to make up something out of the blue like many other people try to do. 
you know um so that pick the pixar team did go to mexico did a lot of trips they did really go to people's houses to and they took a thousand pictures per day and yeah, yeah. Spent, like, the day of the dead oh. over there during the whole celebration it's nuts they will go to the people's houses and they would like like talk to like anyone you know they'll just be walking down the street and knocking on houses and talking to people and painting and taking photos and interviewing trying to get like more of like what it means the celebration how are they gonna pick you know the type of family they're gonna be and the shoe they even like visited a shoe shop and when they went to the shoe shop they're like this is what we're gonna do like this is this is like the family aspect of it that works for them but which is another beautiful thing you know how pixar has a bunch of always in all their movies there's easter eggs yeah uh, yeah, yeah. All of i them. saw it oh yeah I saw one of them <laughs> yeah so which one did you see caleb i saw buzz my ear and woody right at the beginning when he was running to the uh mariachi pro, uh plaza or whatever right on the right side there was woody and buzz lightyear hanging on like these little toys or whatever on the yeah wall. so they're so funny thing about that that was their purposely put like to really stand out so those are a bunch of little piñatas because they noticed when they went to mexico i don't know if people have gone to mexico or have gone to see like at least in downtown la or in certain places where it's there's like where they make piñatas Mexicans love Pixar. <laughs> I never hit me into like oh. they talked about it. So there's a lot of bootleg stuff and they 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 will go there and they saw a lot of like 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 hey, it's a toy store and there's Woody and uh Mikey outside or they go down the street and there's like a bag of candies and there's toys that are handmade out of wood that are a Toy Story or Monsters Inc or or anything Pixar really related. So they kind of did that in honor of what they saw as the people who like support them, you know? So they, so they put that because that's what actually they saw. And they, they wanted to honor the, you know, the Mexicans who are big, big fans and artists and doing this stuff, you know, outside of it, which is awesome because Disney is known to like cut down your shit. If you do art stuff. Uh Uh-huh. So, Oh yeah. I think that's. I think that was pretty fun for me. Did anyone see the pizza truck in the beginning? Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> okay. Did anyone see the um, the little Nemo and Dory? It's hard to spot, but there's a little Nemo and Dory. Nope, yeah, I didn't. No, I didn't see it. No, it's so it's when he's it's that scene where he's like running down um t- down to the it's basically what downtown of the city. Of where he lives, um, you know the the little table of alibrijes, the the little knickknacks, the little, yeah, little bunch of... yeah. So Nemo oh. and Dory are in there. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah. I know exactly the part you're talking about. Yeah, I did not catch that at all. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a there's a poster of Incredibles two. It's really in the flash. Like I only saw it on the YouTube oh, video. I, I saw that one. I saw. Yeah, that oh, one. did you? Yeah. Good eye. I have not seen it, and I've seen this movie so many times. <laughs> One thing you mentioned, Ali, about the pianos and how like Disney likes doing like copyright stuff and like cracking down on copyright stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're gonna mention this earlier, so if you were, my bad, you can cut me off. But um, do you guys remember that Disney tra- that trademark dated a bit for this movie? Mm-hmm. Huh? In, yeah. in, in really? 2013, yeah, Disney tried to trademark Day of the Dead for this movie. Because they found out, uh, no, DreamWorks 
was doing a quote unquote not competitive but similar style movie, Book of Life, because their movie. Oh, was dude, it's such it's yeah. such a good life. movie too. I, I, I love that life. one too. I love so, that. <laughs> so Disney was like in the early, early, early like planning of like we're gonna make this movie called Coco. Like nothing was really uh, like hard yet, but they but they knew it was gonna happen. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, this movie DreamWorks is called uh, Book of Life, and come out like two years. No, and then, and then Disney put an application. Put, Disney put in an application to try to trademark Day of the Dead in 2013. Hey, Clark. That? How are you going to trademark a religious holiday? It's really funny. If, if this this isn't the first one. So that was in 2013, and not to go off tangent too much, but in 2011, after the Osama bin Laden thing, Disney tried to trademark Seal Team Six. The name what of the, the squad. Oh my god! What the line. fuck? So, yeah, so Disney's more than once trying to get away with trademarking the most random shit they can. I think you mean monopolizing. They already <laughs> monopolized yeah. TV. Yeah, they have. They've monopolized yeah, yeah. so many things. I think you so, mean. Thankfully, both those failed. But yeah, 2011 was the trademark application for Seal Team Six after the Osama thing, and then they tried to trademark in 2013 uh, Day of the Dead because because Book of Life was going to come out like. Within like a year or two of this movie, and they don't want it. They they don't want that happen. That competition. That's so dumb. They like guess. they don't really have a competition. Everyone goes sees a movie just because it's Pixar or Disney. Like they just go, even if they don't want to watch it. Like it's something like you kind of do because you're just a fan, you know. <laughs> the, the the other thing I was gonna say that how you said how they how they took a bunch of pictures in Mexico while they were there. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think it shows a lot that they did that is the color. Like, oh yeah. Like, if I just summarize, like, Up, Toy Story, and, like, Monsters, Inc. is, like, light blue. Pixar loves their light blue. It's, like, a trademark. That Toy Story, it's the color of the ball. It's the color of the sky. They love their light blue. But in this movie, there's so many vibrant everything. There's so many purples, so many greens, so many reds, other forms of blue. I don't know. It's just, like, it's, like, like say, just for some reason, if I watch, like, Toy Story... And then up or something like that, like back back and watch this. The color palette is just so much more vibrant and lively in this one. That was, I just I just couldn't help but notice watch watching it. It's it just so much. It's just so different when it comes to the color palette. It's just something I couldn't help but not notice. I, I think I think it's just because of the photos taken and then actually them yeah. going because, um, you know, in Mexican culture, like if you go to Mexico, there the there is a lot of color that it is used. Oh, yeah. Like it's all always like since. Back in the Mayans, Olmecas, Aztecas times, like they love to use colors, the earthly, natural colors and beautiful, vibrant stuff. It's just kind of, I feel like I'm pretty sure other cultures as well, but I can't really think about as much. But like, uh, like for me, because I'm Mexican, I'm just being biased, I don't know. But <laughs> there's so many talented, artistic people there. Oh, yeah. Like everything is beautiful like if you go everything is handmade everything is painted it is nuts the things that people make it's made with love yes it's <laughs> like at a swap meets the flea markets oh yeah yeah it's there's colors everywhere always it's not like you're not gonna find no color like it's every color you could think of under the sun that's bright and beautiful and, and shows life it's it's shown and represented and um it's funny that you say about colors um they actually got an inspiration from um, the town. Oh, what was the name of the town? Uh, 
I can, I'm trying to think. So the, you know how you go and you you they you see the land of the dead and you see the mm-hmm. way the houses and towers are piled on and you see yeah. colors. Yeah. So that's actually based off of a real place in Mexico. I'm trying to find the name, it's but Michoacán, no. No, not Michoacán. It's it's Guanajuato. 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 Oh. Yeah. Because I know, like, the inspiration from uh, Mama Coco, who's actually a real person. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's in Michoacan and uh, what's this, what's the town called? It's, I know it's a small town. Um, because they went to Michoacan, they went to uh, Guanajuato, and Guanajuato is more known for those type of things because they have a role there where your house can be the same color as your neighbor's. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so colorful when you in go Pura there. Pecha. I think it's that's a town. Oh, see, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, Quiroga, Michoacan. Yeah. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, but they did go, like you said, they did go to a lot of different towns, not just one. Yeah, one, they, they one did. state. They went. They went to several. Like Which I the... think is a good idea. Like you can't just get all of it from one area; otherwise, you're going to be biased towards it, kind of thing. Like one town can do Day of the Dead slightly different than the next town, kind of thing. Yeah, that's why they got the alebrijes. So alebrijes, which are the spirit animals, they're technically not part originally from the, for Dia de los Muertos. Um, that's actually from Oaxaca. They're, they're the ones hey. that kind of like did that. Um, so they actually go and they visit, like, I guess this, this place where they do a lot of the alebrijes. And it is crazy, the detail that goes to it. It is, I don't know if you guys, if anyone has seen in real life, like the little um, statues of Alebrijes. Has anyone seen I them? I have not. <laughs> no? Well, let me tell you, they cost so much because they are so intricate and everything is handmade. It is crazy. Like you think it's crazy the way you see on t- on the movie, like all the intricate details and the spots and the dots. It is like 10 times more in real life, <laughs> I feel. Well, that reminds me of uh, cool. here in Canada, Holy shit. near in uh, Hudson Bay. There's actually, there is a native uh, tribe there that all they ever do is that they use the stones from the area and they create very intricate uh, statues and everything like that. And that's their like income for the entire like, like res, like is that they sell these things and like, they can be humongous. Like I, I think I've seen one where it was like eight feet tall and it was a bear and you could see the fur on this bear. And these guys made it from like heavy ass stones. <laughs> see, that's, I think that is so fascinating and amazing that like all these cultures from all over the world that are not really known or recognized, they're like so talented and nuts. And like these, this type of art should be like being shown all over the world in museums, but because it's not, you know, from like the West. Like, well, yeah, if it's not from like a Western culture, like yeah. high end, because someone from the high end side of the ladder said like those those people mean nothing because they're poor. Like, no, f you. <laughs> they got more talent than you. You know nothing. I think it's a little bit of like a double edged sword because on one hand, you absolutely want these like gorgeous cultures and art, like super talented artists to get recognition but on the other hand you don't want you know the western media and western corporations to um commercialize these things like right? steal like, the art too hey yeah That's or, or have disney try to trademark one of your 
Well, actually, I think there, there definitely like needs to be a balance. And I think we are slowly like shifting towards that because um, I think like the like the consumers of the media like us, we're trying to hold corporations accountable as best as we can which right now like I think the best way to do that is through social media so you know you'll see a lot of like not necessarily news coverage but like social media coverage about unfair things or whatever but I think it yeah absolutely that these uh artists and these like really talented people who aren't like in the limelight um of western media like I think it's great that they should get more like appreciation well, recently, or kind of recently here in Canada, so um, Dreamcatchers have, like, kind of, they've only been, always been sold, but if you ever want, like, a really good one is you go to the res, you go to their convenience store or whatever, and then you would find handmade Dreamcatchers and, or you can make your own because they will teach you how to make your own. But uh, for some reason, some company would sell them at the freaking Dollar Tree, and a lot of people got pissed about that because it's like, those things aren't meant to be sold for a buck. Like those yeah. things are supposed to be a sure. lot more That's stuff. Yeah. So, I think they like, should have every right to it, get upset about that. There's so much cultural yeah. significance behind those. It, it's a huge significance. And like, yeah, it's cool to be able to sell it out there and show them, but it's like a lot of times they don't listen to it or hear what it really is about. They just like, Oh, pretty cool. I'm yeah, going to tell the true. thing, which is not a good idea. <laughs> Right. There's ways to go about like appreciating the uh, art and beauty of different cultures, like while still staying respectful towards them. No, it is very true. But it's there's always someone that's trying to make a easy buck and try to steal off of all the cultures, which is very annoying. But that's been going throughout the history, humanity history. You know what I mean? Like it's you have people that went and raided the tombs in Egypt and like have taken it back artifacts to like you know england or something and they don't want to give it back i'm like what well, that shit doesn't really belong to you homie you kind of stole that shit you know right. that up? exactly I <laughs> so it, there's a there's a lot to it it's kind of annoying but i feel pixar kind of did the best they could do where like to do a new story and kind of make it their own but still be respectful enough I, I feel yeah, that's, that's what I was wondering about is like if like considering you guys are from that heritage and everything it's like did you guys consider that they did a pretty well job of being respectful and everything going on in it honestly I I I, I did I, and what I like is that they didn't just grab like the like what they because in they do things a bit different in different parts of Mexico uh and but what i like is that they they got like pretty much everything and they kind of put it into one mm-hmm. and that's and the yeah and they they you can tell they really did the research with like the attention to detail was the, was there the attention to detail oh my it God. was there. well if you guys noticed that everyone around them had all smooth skin like the typical kind of animation looking thing but when you see uh grandma coco the mm-hmm. wrinkles on them look so realistic yes. and Legit was, Mexican like, abuelita. like when i watch i was like holy <laughs> crap that they is they put crazy. little hairs on her chinny chin chin which i was like yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> It, it is it is nuts the details even the dresses i don't know if you guys could see on the dresses there was like the stitching that you could see because of yeah of the flower being stitched i'm like wow i was so shook and like the way they did the town the details and everything like 
I don't know why every time I see Miguel run that scene in the beginning when he's just running, like it just flashback to my city, like, you know, where I was born. And it's just like, wow, like the, the streets look like that, you know, like the town, the, the central, which is like the downtown, like it looks something similar to that aspect. And it's just, ah, no, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think movies like and like Moana, you kind of have to watch more than once. Like once, just watch it for the story. And then the second time, what I do is I like pause like every five to 10 minutes and just like stare at the detail. Like it, it's just crazy. I don't know. I just feel like there goes like so much work goes into it. And like, like I go to school with animation and game development majors. So like, you know, I kind of see like how much effort and how much time they put into it. So I feel like it's good to just go back and watch it just for the detail, you know, appreciate the story and everything, but also the art is just. So I, I think you saying that right there, anyone is like listening to this right now and is like, I'm in animation or whatever. They're probably like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I don't know. Oh God. It's, I just like, I paused so many times yesterday too for, for different reasons as well. But I, I just always pause to like appreciate like the details of it. Like speaking about details, could you guys guess how many lights w- are at the land of the dead? Not even the faintest idea. Like I have no clue. Literally me too. One trillion. At least gonna- three. I'm gonna guess three thousand. Yeah, pretty solid. Six thousand. Number on my ass. Six thousand. Six thousand. Um, seven million. Oh, Damn. holy crap, dude! Yeah, seven million in that opening shot. All of that has seven million lights. And just imagine animating that too, like having to put in every single little detail of that. Mm-hmm. Work. It is nuts. Like when I when I heard about that, my mouth literally dropped. Like it got dislocated. Like this, this how they do in, in Coco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like Hector when you when he first opened his mouth and his eyes dropped into his mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's nuts. Like even when they're at like what is it called? Um, I forgot the name where they enter. It's kind of like the DMV, so to speak. Oh, like the train station. Oh, the family um oh crap i can't remember like this the family, like family something yeah yeah, yeah or something like that <laughs> so that's actually like kind of i believe if i remember correctly um i did take a nap before this so some of the information kind of like went away <laughs> but uh it, it's it's a place in mexico city and it's i believe a post office and it looks a lot like that and that's where they got their inspiration for that scene and it's oh my! I just want I want to go to Mexico City now to go to that place because it just looks so beautiful and just take pictures there and just sit there read a book I don't know you know, Ugh. just like enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy the beauty and the architecture because I I'm a sucker for like architecture. I appreciate architecture. I just see it like a as a beautiful art piece. That's just me. That's how I see it. But um, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think of that part? I don't know. Ellie, <laughs> uh, you, you're on it because, you know, I just got, you know, whenever you say cool stuff like that, I'm like, let me just Google this real quick. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, Mexico City Post Office is gorgeous as hell. Oh my <laughs> God. It's so nice. So, yeah, definitely that area is clearly inspired by the beauty of this 
real life structure. <laughs> but fun fact, you know, um, the so there, there's two little well, one there's a celebrity voice actor there and a comedian, and then there's a little homage to um, I forgot his name. Oh my god, Apple guy from Apple, Apple guy. Oh, um, Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Yes. So I didn't know this, but I apparently Steve Jobs like invested in Pixar, and he's the one that kind of like sold Pixar to Disney. Oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, I think I read something about that. Yeah. So, oh, you know when the when you first meet um um Abuela Imelda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like hitting that computer and destroying it. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually a Mac computer from the eighties. Oh yeah, that was like an old one. Yeah, I was like, it looks familiar. <laughs> That was the so, first thing I noticed too. Was like, in that like world, it was like, there's like some uh, tech high technology stuff kind of like up there, and then there's also times when it's like nothing. Like it goes, it's typewriters and stuff going on. If you notice that in the background, and mm-hmm. then also like uh, when they were at um, his party, the one dude's literally playing techno on uh, like a huge speaker setup. Yet they're using like that old ass Mac computer in like that DMV or whatever crap. Like, <laughs> I like it's so I weird. <laughs> I heard something about that guy. Like he's actually like a famous like um techno music guy. From what I like heard and stuff, I do not, I cannot tell you his name. But I heard he's actually famous in like Mexico and stuff. I didn't know that. Like I couldn't find yeah. anything about the DJ guy. I know they use a lot of celebrities, which I will get into it because I could tell you a few. Um, but yeah, so but in that same going back to what Caleb was saying, like they did I just I love the combination of like typewriters and like the technology, which it kind of kind of shows how it is in a lot of places in the world where not everyone has that high tech and they're working with what they got. So maybe for them this is high tech because it is the land of the dead, you know. I also like to think I also think it's like um like thinking of uh the times that pe- these people have died. Like Imelda died when she was like in the nineteen forties. So they didn't really have this kind of technology. And that's like why she called it a devil box. It's because like she has absolutely <laughs> no idea what the like what this is. That is true. Or maybe technology goes there to die as well. Oh. Oh, that could be true too. R.I.P. Conspiracy theories. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, when they go and they, the whole family is there talking when they first, um, when they go into that room with the little short little skeleton guy. The dude who's allergic to a dog. Yes. <laughs> who which has is no weird. nose. <laughs> <laughs> He's aller- allergic to a hairless dog. Okay. Uh, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> totally makes sense. That's actually, I don't know if you guys are a fan or know of many comedians. I'm a big fan of this comedian. His name is Gabriel Iglesias. I love him. Oh, God. Oh, That's he's him. so awesome. Ivan, oh. Yeah, Ivan has told us that, like, oh, yeah, Gabriel's coming in today to sign in, and he remembered my often. name. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. He's really, he's really Let me cool. know next time he comes in and be like, huh? Nope. No, just kidding. I would never do that. <laughs> I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, I, I would never do that. Uh-uh. I've actually, because I used to work, like, at Staples Center and all that stuff, and my last day working there was his concert like his one his last show that he did like oh nice and so i was like oh i was gonna try to tell like see if one of the homies who works backstage so like let me just like peep an eye but i was like nah nah you know they're people he just seems cool but yeah i thought that was just fun because i'm a big fan and 
that's his voice, which is pretty awesome. But uh, I, w- <laughs> I want to say, huh? Well, I was going to say just one other quick hero story. He was the, I went to Ontario, Ontario Improv one time. He was a, he was like the surprise celebrity VIP for the night on a Friday night way back in the day. Oh shit! It was like, it was like after like... his first. It was like after his first big special. Mm-hmm. And he like blew up really quick. That was weird. Because his shit is funny. He deserves that shit. <laughs> Respect Fluffy. Mm-hmm. Love the Fluffy. We all love the Fluffy. Um, I loved. I don't know if you guys noticed, so I kind of want to hit since we we're talking about like celebrities and everything. They did honor a lot of like icons, legends, Mexican legend, iconic artists. Yeah. So Mielda, or <laughs> no, what's her name? Oh, frick, the famous actor or whatever. Frida musician. or something. Frida, yeah. She's not an actor. Frida, Frida Kahlo. That's one of the big ones. She is an artist. She is a painter. Okay. I thought so because in my uh, works Mexican restaurant, she's on the wall there. Yeah. Speaking about that double-edged sword, bringing it back, she was got super commercialized. So annoying. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I love her, respect her work. She's a badass woman. I thought it was just funny how they represented her. Like, everything's about her, which makes (laughs) sense because all her pictures are self-portraits. Yeah. And I love that they pick her spirit animal to be monkeys because there's a, I don't know if you guys seen that, like one of her famous um, paintings is her with all the monkeys around her and like her heart is open, which is great. Yeah. But besides Frida Kahlo being an amazing artist and you kind of understand what she was in, in charge of directing the show, also El Santo, which is the lucha, the luchador, which he mm-hmm. was a famous luchador libre. I think he's like the famous one. Besides, for me, would be Rey Mysterio from WWE. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so El Santo, very, very classic guy. Um, also, when he's showing um, his, when he thought his grandson, Miguel, um, he's showing him around, and they're in that room, and they're all talking and chit-chatting. So right there, you see Cantinflas. Yes, I was waiting for you to say that. Oh, God. See? Yes. Ivan understands. I do. I really do. I was like, oh, Cantinflas. For those who don't know, Cantinflas is a legend, OG comedian. He's done so many movies. God knows how many movies he has done. He's known, if anyone has seen an image of him, he has baggy pants with patches on, like, on, on them. Um, one, one overall strap. And then he has like a bandana around his neck. He has kind of like a Robin Hood hat at ish type of thing and then he has like little beard but like like two points kind of like on each side of that makes sense i don't know how to it's describe like shaved it. in the middle yeah it's like shaved in the middle under his nose and then just the 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 the, the, the mustache the, the tips out. of the mustache yeah yeah and he is a famous famous comedy actor great oh he, he's amazing like his his movies are still being played every day on mexican tv all the time it's it's freaking amazing, and they also honor Pedro Infante, which is another big name. He I think he's like one of the biggest names, like for actor and singer and all that stuff. Which I feel they might have kind of based it off of the, like the main character off of mm-hmm. him and um, Jorge Nigret, Nigrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, 
these are big big actors as well and then they also have the the sexy skeleton lady with the with the purple dress and the big luxurious hair and the eyelashes she is an iconic maria felix she's kind of like how could i explain mm -hmm. the level of her for people to understand um Melly monroe yeah I guess yeah right yeah she, she is up there she's yeah for the most part, yeah, I think that's the way I best I could explain it. But she, I think she's just more. I don't know. She's more of a bitchy badass. Don't look at her, but you want to talk to her because she's so beautiful, but like scary if at you the same do. time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of like I was super excited that they honored him, honored them about that. So that I just kind of want to throw that in there for y'all. I don't know if anyone else knew about this or kind of shocked about this. I thought that was cool that they did like uh, put all those like uh, Mexican celebrities, artists in there, because um, I, I I know like like me and you like we geeked out when we saw like Cantinflas and all that and Frida, because we grew up with that. So it's like, and I think it's also a a, a chance for other people that aren't Mexican, like just to kind of show their culture, so, show our culture, and people to learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. It is so Cause, true. Yeah, because everyone in there, like from different parts of the world, they have their own celebrities, people that they grow up, grow up to. And I honestly, one thing I did wish is that they uh, had a El Chavo del Ocho or uh, Chespirito in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. It was another comedian as well. Who came after Cantinflas? Yeah. Yeah, came after Cantinflas. Yeah, that is true. They should have had him, but they could have had so many more people. You know, like so many more, but. I, I think honoring and then the way the characters were made, I, I believe they were based off of some of them were based off of them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Oh God. Oh, sorry. I had, I had to take it all in again. Cause I do love this movie. I love this movie so much for different it, reasons. Even the it's music. It's a really beautifully was... made one. Sorry. No. Yeah. It, it, completely <laughs> correct. Hell yeah. It is. You don't know where the story is going. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, what? I hate him. Asshole. <laughs> Yeah, and it's that's the thing. When I was watching it for the first time, I was like, of, "I'm like, part of me was like, of course he's gonna be related to someone famous." And then, like as as it's going, the story's developing. I'm like, "Wait, no." And then, it, like, it makes sense that like, um, the, like not, story wise, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna try to sound like like, oh, I'm different, but Caleb knows this. Um, anytime I watch a new movie, I'm able to like just pick out exactly like something that's gonna fucking happen like i can yeah i can call it out and stuff and so caleb watched this movie before me and so when we were watching together like after he watched it um i was like hey i bet that's his grandpa and caleb just like looked over to me and gave me a glare and was didn't say anything until um it was revealed <laughs> that that was his actual like great grandpa <laughs> I hate that I shit. I couldn't so figure it. Usually I was like, like how? <laughs> how did you know? How did you think that? You just said it? Um, sometimes, like, I read a lot and watched, like, a ton of, like, movies, horror movies and stuff. And so, like, I just, like, I like to think of theories. And so while watching it, I was like, hmm, it would be kind of interesting if this was his grandpa. Like, if the person he's been going along in the um 
in the underworld or not underworld I'm so sorry I'm very tired <laughs> um <laughs> going through this journey with is actually his grandpa see that that's a good little theory to think that that is kind of cool but what I do notice after watching it so many times there's just so many foreshadowings yeah. that we have since the beginning to like until the moment he like finally gets to meet the asshole of a dick <laughs> um so it's they, they, they literally have like a lot of foreshadowings that they show and not everything but then also dante dante is telling you the whole time you're with the right person that, mm -hmm. that you are where you need to be and this is your true family because every time he separates from his real great grandpa dante's like dragging him and be like no this way this way this way like all the time See, dogs are, you know, dogs really know their stuff, guys. They're amazing creatures. They're great. They're, they're amazing creatures. Apparently also cats because that big ass alebrije. Mm -hmm. It's a little cat. <laughs> when it comes to the real world, it's just a little cat. <laughs> At the end, yeah. Which is kind of cool for like, for Miguel that they did that because he will now have that connection like with his great, great grandparents, mm -hmm. you know? Like, oh, I have my, my great-grandma's um, cat here who, like, shows her around in the spirit world, which is, I think is pretty dope to think about. Yeah. And I think the cool part is, like, at the end, the part that really got me was, like, he didn't have a picture, but it's, like, you don't really need a picture to remember someone. Like, everyone, and it's relatable with anyone, like, um, you, by just saying something or, like, doing something that someone that's passed that what they like it just remember you just remember mm -hmm. and like by him singing that song that her her father used to sing to him to her i mean uh remember me it just it just it, yeah immediately like brought her to life because it's something that that was really it meant a lot to her yeah yeah oh, but, um the music with that speaking of it i feel it was really good uh it's funny because it actually reminds me of my coworker's son because my coworker. His son sings like a lot of mariachi music. He's like nine years old. And he even sang at Disney Damn. Uh, this song, the Remember Me, because he's a big fan of Coco. Yeah. So he, he, he sang it uh, with his uh, with his group. He has a group. But, but yeah. I, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about it last night because I told him I was doing this podcast and I was watching Coco at work since we had like an extra hour because of the time change. So, um. Yeah, he was showing me uh, performances of his son singing in. It was it was really it was it was really cool. That's pretty awesome! Wow, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. I like I like the part when you he first performs Miguel first performs un poco loco. Yeah, yeah, and they're like singing and dancing. There's a, this even at the end when they're like spinning. I don't know if you guys noticed that um, his grandpa's like, okay, we're gonna spin now, and they kind of like click. They have that energy and click. Like, you know, I feel like that shows their connection of that they are family, how they could kind of like vibe off of each other and just do that whole performance off the top of their head, you know? And then like mm -hmm. the way he teaches like him how unplanned. to do it. Yeah. But it look planned. <laughs> and then he teaches him how to do El Grito. Does anyone know how to do that? Or want to attend how to do El Grito? No, hell no. I'm not going to try. <laughs> nope, I'm good. I've done it a couple times when My I'm drunk. My voice but, was And already... it came out, but... Ready too bad from yelling while drinking. Oh, the 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 yelling thing. Yeah, yeah. el grito. No, I, call same. It. I used to do that 
while not sober. We should try um, it now. Like no. it comes out. Oh, I'm gonna blow out your guys' eardrums. Oh God, um, I'm ready. It will sound like a fucking okay. something dying. <laughs> I could never do it, but also I'm very shy to do it because my grandma used to do it. and It would be so loud and awesome, and I'm like, ooh, that's that's a lot to you know do. <laughs> A yeah. Quick, a quick memory I have of that is one time when I was working at the dining hall in college, um, where you know we're opening, so just me, the cleaners, and the chefs, and everybody, we're all getting ready. We're all getting ready for the day, you know, to serve like thousands of students. And they were sleeping a mile a day, and the radio, the local Mexican radio station had like a contest who would do it the best, only money. So all I heard was that for like an hour. <laughs> Oh just my like, god! Every thirty seconds, a new caller just shouting, just doing, not shouting, just you know, doing, doing the this this like celebratory yell that I can't do. So this is my memory of that is like three, two, one, next caller, woo, they do it, like three, two, one, next caller, woo, so it was like an hour just of that. Jesus, it's crazy the way people do it. I I can't do it. I want to yeah. do it. Maybe one day. Maybe I do need to be drunk to be able to try it. <laughs> you definitely have to be hype. You can't just like spit it out there live. No, no. Oh, no, yeah. You have to feel it. You have to feel it. You have, that's to, you have to have like the good music playing and all that. You can't just do it on the spot. Yeah, you have to have the good vibes around you and mm-hmm. everything. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. A couple I shots of tequila. It. <laughs> yeah. It's always the tequila that triggers it, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? Also, what I like about this movie is that they actually also made it in Spanish. Like they. they like a full release. They didn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. They did a full release, like the the animation, the mouthing. It's not like a dub. No, it's actually in Spanish. So, and they oh. actually premiered in Mexico first. Good. Yeah, which I yet still have to watch the Spanish version because I really do. Um, I'm probably gonna do that one of these days. I I think it was was Ivan. Was it the same week or like the next week after this movie came out? They said they had they started showing them the, the Spanish version. No, remember, they, like, they showed it the day of it got released. Both because yeah, oh, that one was my mm-hmm. mom. And I was like, do you want to watch it in Spanish or do you want to watch it in English? Yeah, the day of. And so when you go to the theater, it'll say Spanish next to it or English. Mm-hmm. I, I, thought that, I thought that was cool because I can't really, I mean, it's rare, maybe like solo. But, the, but even then, the solo Spanish version is like kind of like a dubbing thing. But this, mm-hmm. I think this was their first movie in a long time. You know, you can argue, argue like mainstream movies in a long time that... You know, I had a full second language release. Like again, like Ivan said, it wasn't just a dub. Like the animation, the mouths were different. Um, yeah, no, they that, actually did, and they used the same actors. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. same actors. Yeah. Which is like awesome too, as well, because I don't know. I I like that they use the same actors because some actors are just more Spanish speaking only, and so you could hear the accent, like Hector's accent, speaking in English, but then when you hear it in Spanish, you could hear like he, like you know, his full on Spanish true that's his true like first language which i think is kind of cool because then if you're watching with your kids who want to watch it in english for those who are like first generation americans and you have your parents who aren't who you know are not they could kind of like feel like oh it's okay to hear that accent to have the accent speaking in either language i don't know that that's just some me i I, god yeah i've I've seen i've seen the spanish version and like you were saying it, it it kind of feels like linguistically speaking, like the gloves are off. You're like, okay, now just bam, that language you learned first, just go next. Mm-hmm. And it, I like any, like even you know, a while back we were talking about anime. Same thing, you know, when the actors or you know, the actors actresses have their first language of 
like a cultural story about them, you know, arguably about, arguably about them and their families and experiences they've gone through. And now you have full, again, you have a full worldwide release in the second language. It is, it is definitely worth a watch. Oh, it is. It, it feels a little, I, it, it kind of feels a little bit more homey. I felt, yeah. I don't know why it just did. Um, Cause I have it, I have it on DVD, and I have like both our Spanish and English. Cause you know, love it again. I say this, I love this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, I don't know. It's kind of like pretty cool. It kind of goes more of a flow. You still laugh at the jokes, but they're like a little bit more flowy because you have. I started dying and laughing when like the grandma is like, oh. Why? Why are you teaching my my grandson this devil music or whatever? And he's like, he's so chiquitito, mi hermoso, tan precioso que es. Like, <laughs> True though, it's that's how. That's how they. That's literally how adults in your family talk to you. Even now, like if my dog were to walk in, I'll be like, hola, mi chiquita, la princesa esta pinche casa tan hermosa como estás hoy. <laughs> Like it's that's literally how your grandma or your tias mm-hmm. and will talk to you and everything. They'll grab your cheeks and you're like, ugh, you know. But you know that love and and all they that. Never, they never call you by your name unless you're in trouble. Oh, your full name. You your know, full we, name. Yeah. Yeah. They call oh, you by your full that, name when you're in my trouble. That's household yeah. too. Like, like usually, oh, uh, me too. Oof, oof. That yeah, moment when you hear your full name, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is crazy, but then also, I don't know if it is in other cultures or, like, other, like, dialects or languages. Usually, like, Latin cultures, you have your name, but each name usually already comes with a nickname. Mm. Yeah. The the funny thing about, uh, you know, my father's white stateside, my mom's Mexican down from Oaxaca, and with Arthur, the, the amount of nicknames in both languages... Like I had like nine names growing up, Arthur, Art, Artie, Arturo, Aperito, Aperini. I'm like, cool, new day, new name, let's go. <laughs> no, it's true. Like usually, yeah. I, I don't know about you, Arthur, since since you have like both sides. Like, yeah. will you trip out when you find out like from your mom's side, like you were calling your uncle, I don't know, Lupe, right? And then you find out that that's not his like true name. It's like Guadalupe. Oh yeah, Does that trip you I, I was, out. I was, I was oh, even beyond that. I was one of those late bloomers. I didn't know my mom's name till like way later. I remember at school being sick one time, and they wanted to like the, whatever. They're like, looking at my file to like call her. I'm like, oh, we're gonna call her. What's your name? And I just remember that's memory of like, mom. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I definitely had something similar, especially with my uncles on my on my mother's side. Yeah, I'm like, is, is it, like Leo, like what? no but like like yeah like for example like i have my cousin his name is eduardo but we call him lalo yeah 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 my dad and my brother too i go lalito i didn't know my brother's name was not lalo (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's for me my my uncle's name is wait wait hold on hold on uh who was that was it brie or debbie sorry sorry that was me (laughs) okay go ahead Oh, I was just saying it's funny that you guys are talking about this because with Indians or specifically like Bengalis, Bengali Indians, we it's like the same thing. We have a Daknam and a Bhalonam. So Daknam means like a call name or like your pet name. That's what your family calls you. And then your Bhalonam, that means like your good name. Uh, that's like a direct translation. So your good name is like what your teachers would call you or like, you know, if you were applying to jobs, like that's what 
So it's like two completely different names. And then when I was growing up, like I had a childhood friend, her, I would always call her Tanya. And that's what I knew her by. And then like years later, I was, I didn't realize, and her parents were calling her like Sanjana. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, what do you mean? (laughs) I've known you literally since birth. What do you mean? So it's, it's like the same thing. Like I also have like two or three like different names depending on, you know, who calls me. Yeah, see? Okay, I'm so nice. happy like where Mexicans are not alone in this. Like there's the other cultures where you chip out like as you grow up like wait, that's not your real name. I've been calling you a different Oh, okay. Yeah. That, it's crazy. That, that was it's my the- uncle. He like his his own uncle called him Gooch like right off from like almost birth and I still don't even know why we call him Gooch. Just Gooch, that's his name. But his real name's Anthony. I didn't know that till I was like 13 and he's like wait his name's anthony who's anthony like what do you who, who the heck are you talking about and it's like that's gooch caleb i was like wait what his real name's anthony i thought it was gooch what the hell it's crazy it is and it's worse if you have like a middle name too because then oh my like, god i have a long ass name yeah like i i have a weird thing with my middle name that only like certain people could call me by my middle name and I will only answer certain people. So it's really only if you're my family and that's it. If you're not my family, you're there. You blasphemy calling me by my middle. You're getting the death glare. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. But like, it's, it's kind of trippy. It's ah, see, beautiful. (laughs) It's just great. Like our cultures are kind of like, you know, the same. And I don't know why we're always fighting against each other. We have so many similarities to like one another. And, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to be together as a family and live life, you know? Yeah. Ellie, same thing. There's a, there's a name that um, only my parents are allowed to call me by. And that's it. Even if like other family calls me, I just, I get pissed off. I'm like, you have no right only my parents, two people in the world. That's it. And then there's another name that my family calls me by, you know, and then like my friends and everything, like they know me by Debbie. So it's it's so cool. It's like, you know, completely different cultures, but like lots of similar overlapping concepts. Mm-hmm. See, you you understand. You understand the struggle and the death killers you have to give to people. Yeah. Like at, at one point in my life, I was working with my uncle and he'll call me by like my short version of a middle name. And like co-course are like, they would say that name. And I'll look at them and I'm like, that is not my name. Take that name out of your mouth. You are not my family. Okay. <laughs> it is Ellie. Don't repeat it again. And they'll and they they will like try to test it out sometimes, the people who heard that. And I'll ignore them. I'll keep walking. I'm like, you have to come to my office now. I'm not gonna help you out. Yeah. Oh God. But one random story I want I want to mention, but I don't know where to fit in the podcast is kind of similar to like a while back on the, the Graves of the Firefly episode is like I have a thing where I when I like watch thing I'll just you'll just you'll get hooked on me and that's, I just have to like look up more watch either like behind the scenes of the movie or look into the real life stuff even more like a while back like on the, like said the, on the Graves of the Firefly episode Bree and I were talking how like you know we want to look more into the World War Two story um, <clears throat> with this one it was cool because. Um, uh, even you, can, you kind of mentioned earlier, Ali, how like different areas of Mexico have like different day to day on their own, or like not on their own, but like a little, with their own little tweak. Yeah. Is how I forgot them. I knew Mutual Con in Mexico was where the butterflies went, 
all the monarch butterflies. Yes. I didn't know it was Day of the Dead. I didn't know those were the same like dates. Are they? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they are. So the so Day of the Dead and Mutual Khan. So Day of the Dead and Mutual Khan is like the pre- predominantly a lot of orange back coloring. A lot of the costumes are butterflies. And they're in the thousands, like tens of thousands of butterflies. Will yeah, because they descend, go there to die. Descend there over like a 40 hour period and they'll come from the rest points from California to like central Iowa, even yeah. on like the Canadian borders. Uh, it's so, uh, so, like, so again, it was just really cool. I was able to find out like these two things I kind of heard of the monarch, you know, the monarch butterfly, um, the flight, can't think of the word. Um, there's a word, whatever. When animals travel for the seasons. Migrate. And then, migrate, thank you. <laughs> and then the Mutual Day of the Dead thing, I did, uh, the, the, the Dead Celebration, I didn't know those were the same days. But, so like, so as we speak, there are tens, thousands of, hundreds of thousands of butterflies right now just showing up in Mutual to do their thing. That is a beautiful thing. Wow. Yeah, and if you guys haven't seen know. it, Oh, I encourage you to look up the, these videos. Like it's on par with like I mean, nature documentary and like kind of you know we were mentioning earlier with you know the cultural you know it's a little different here for us in Southern California or some other star of the culture like myself as recent it you know it's hard to think like you know like what if you're from like Australia or Korea or like these other just distant geographic areas that really don't have exposure to Latin American Central South American cultures. So movies like this really do have like kind of like a big impact outside of their kind of geographical locale because because you know again like for us might be quote unquote the norm but if you're born and raised in Guam or something and also there's a new Disney movie coming out and then poof that's like potentially their first exposure to 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 day they did for them yeah that is very true that's a good way to see it all it it, it that's why I think I like it so much because it's actually um, it's it's me as like as a Mexican, just like yeah, I want the world to see this because I think it's just a beautiful thing. And maybe those who are unsure about death or like would like to celebrate it a certain way, like or to try to heal because it it kind of makes you feel nice to know that hey, I'm doing this and my fa- I have that person who passed away in my life like coming back, like they're still gonna be with me, you know. There's there's kind of like they're running joke that's making fun of Hollywood movies in the, in the, as they should how like for every reason like like spirit in like Sicario or like Once Upon a Mexico like uh, uh, the Mexican starring Brad Pitt how like whatever reasons like okay if you're filming in Mexico gotta put the tint on it's always like a dark orange or like a weird air filter color and it's like no it's not it's not what Mexico looks like it's not how a lot of Mexico looks like it's not this giant orange tint Across the whole continent, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you cross the border, oh, everything changes like orange. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like how every Hollywood movie East in Europe is like, okay, it's gray. Yeah, it's the whole everything's gray, and since it's like, okay, all of East in Europe is gray, and all of Central South America is like this orange. It's like, no, the sky's just as blue as there it is as it, as it is here, dude. That is true. It's like also if they use like Africa, they put like a yellow tint on it. Yeah. I'm like, wait, it's not all yellow. Oh, it <laughs> is. Just Hollywood loves like just like okay, how do how do we know, how how does our audience know where they are? Yeah. Okay, let's just. Right. and then before let's we just close everything out, I kind of okay. want to say, what was you guys' favorite part? Yeah, I just yeah, culture like you know. Let me start off Mario with Brie. Like, no, I haven't heard much about Brie. Brie has been a little quiet. What's your favorite part about this movie? Um, 
I have to say the visuals, like visually, I was just so entranced into the world. And the storyline too. I mean, somebody mentioned that they like saw it coming, but I didn't see it coming at all. So it just punched me. <laughs> no mercy. And I don't know. I just thought it was such a beautiful story and told such a beautiful way. Oh God. But so, so your favorite part was like the, the, the surprise of like, Oh snap. He actually killed this person. He killed his best yeah, friend. I would have to say the reveal. Yeah. Dude, honestly, when when it's so crazy because he, uh, like I said, like Pixar did a lot of foreshadowing because he, I don't know if you remember Brie, but when they're like when he's with Miguel and they're like rehearsing the same lines they're in the, the showing projecting in the movie, mm-hmm. and then they like wait, Miguel makes a click of like, hey, wait, you drank with him and that's what you said, like you killed my, you killed my grandpa, like what the hell? Yeah, and he tries to kill Miguel. Oh my god. <laughs> the audacity <laughs> when he just threw him over i was like yo yeet and one of the other foreshadowings i saw too was in the beginning when um he's trying to like cross the bridge and stuff is like he can't get out his uh his photo isn't on and, and stuff yeah yeah that was a little that was a little bit more obvious that was a yeah, more was. obvious one but yeah um uh, uh, well, Sinead, what was your favorite part of the whole movie? Um, I would have to say the part where um, Miguel's singing Remember I'm sorry, Me to Coco. I, I totally said your name it's so okay. wrong. I'm oh, my like, bad. No, no I'm completely like, used to it. Who the fuck is <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Was I'm so sorry, Okay, don't worry. Who's she talking to? I don't know why I said that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway. I'm like okay. looking, I'm like, who joined? <laughs> uh, who is this? But don't worry. Do not worry. It's okay. <laughs> but um, I really liked the part where, um, or my most favorite part was when Miguel was singing to Coco after he comes back and is singing like, remember me and trying to make her remember because that part is just like, breaks me. Like, it's just so mm. sad. And then she ends up remembering or like, starts remembering and starts calling her daughter by her name like knowing who her daughter is because like that kind of stuff just scares me is like you've had this like long life with so many people in your life and then you just start forgetting them and like um that kind of stuff just like scares me and so seeing that part in the movie just got me like that was that was my favorite part that is a beautiful moment. It's always a tearjerker. Um, Ivan, what about you? What was your favorite part? Uh, I think the same. Uh, that part that Shannon was saying. And then, like, it, I think, like, right after, like, they skip into a year and they put her picture up. I'm like, oh, no. And then you see the reunion of the family of them, Mama Coco and everyone. It's just, like, it gets you. And it's, like, you're happy, but it's, like. It's still crying. so sad. You're like it's sad, and it's like happy. Yeah, it's bittersweet, and yeah, um, it is. Oh, God. And, and the music, I love the music. Like it, it, it helped. It wasn't too much. It was just a perfect amount of music you know, in there, and it helped tell the story. You know what's crazy that you mentioned the music? That song "Remember Me" was was played so many times, and each time it had a different feel. It did. I agree. I agree. Even like yesterday, last night, that uh, when I saw the movie at work, yeah, mm-hmm. it it really did. Like the like you it didn't the, you didn't really think it was like a sad one until he starts singing that song to mm-hmm. Coco when she was a kid. Oh, 
And then it, yeah, cause now like if you, once you watch it so many times and you're, you're listening, you're actually listening to the song even more, mm-hmm. it starts like getting you thinking like of the, like of, uh, family members or yeah, people that have passed away. And like, it's funny cause, uh, well, my coworker was next to me. He was, he's like, Oh, I'm not going to watch that movie. I already watched it so many times cause my son. And, and at that part, at the end, when he's listening, remember, I turn around, he's bawling so hard. <laughs> he's bawling. <laughs> it gets you, man. I remember yeah. I remember when I went to go see the movie with my mom. My dad didn't want to come. And so we finally made him watch it, I think, like, I forgot, I think this year. And me and my mom were just looking at my dad because he got quiet, like, quiet. And we're like, yeah, it's getting to you, homie. I know you didn't want to watch the movie, but you like it. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, Debbie, what about you? What was your favorite part of the movie? Um, honestly, pretty much similar. Just like, you know, at the end when um, Hector like reunites with Coco, it was just kind of like a like a gratifying moment. Like, finally, he's finally getting like in a positive way what he deserves. Coco gets to see her father. It was just like a really like bittersweet moment, you know? Yeah. Um, but overall, like the colors oh my god I love the vibrancy of the whole movie and I think it's so interesting because you know it's a movie about the dead but there's so much life to it and I think that just goes back to like the cultural meaning like you know like just because they're dead it doesn't mean necessarily that their life is over that they're not still with us um so I think like the movie did that really beautifully like the colors and everything was so pretty Dude, like, I, I would think, I don't know why when I watched it, I don't know about you, but when they showed that Lebriges, I'm like, dude, do they have, like, a UV light over them the whole time? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Oh, God, they just glow. Beautiful. Um, Kayla, what was your favorite part? Uh, the part when, I forget her name, the famous artist or whatever the woman is, like, talking oh, about Carlo? Yeah, uh, talking about Alberides and is like looking at Dante and it's like, yeah, he is totally one. They take on many forms, whatever, whatever. And the Dante just chokes on his fucking foot, and I just found that <laughs> hilarious. He's just like, or maybe it's just a dog. I don't know. <laughs> well, fun thing about Dante, Dante is um the nas- so they picked him as the dog because that's the national Mexican dog, which is called a cholo. The breed is a cholo mm-hmm. squinkling, <laughs> and so I believe I don't remember. It was the Mayans or the Aztecs that believed that they were connected to the spirit world. Like they, they had a lot of spirit in them and they brought you like warmth and they could help you connect to the other realms of the world. Yeah, so, that's, that's that's what I read was that like that's what those dogs represent and stuff. Yeah, so it's kind of like figures how like this dumb, goofy dog is actually like connected to everything together <laughs> and then he gets a bright green nose later yes he does a little retarded wings that barely flap little pigeon wings i think you mean you know what's you just cannot fall in love with that derpy face you can't you can't help it like i want one in the future oh god it's so funny though when he falls i was like oh my god really you going to kill him already? Because <laughs> yeah. there was so much already going on. I wouldn't be surprised if it killed him off to make him a official yeah. one. <laughs> and then last but not least, Arthur, right? Yeah, Arthur. What is Definitely. your favorite part? It's a mix between the show when, like, the family comes together to, like, you know, stop the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, the set end when he's, like, 
when he's trying to get the grandma to remember to remember her dad before it's too late. Because cause they're both, you know, they're, you know, they're, I like them for different reasons. One's like kind of like the happy, cool, all, you know, finally everyone's on the same team and going for the great positive, like, quote unquote, like happy ending. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, then like, well, my life's tough. And, and, uh, you know, the sad part, he's just, you know, begging to remember, have her remember her dad. Yeah. You know what's so funny? We were talking about when they were like fighting together as a family finally behind the stage to try to get him get the photo and everything i was dying of laughter of like the dialogue between the grandma and and the grandpa where she's like you murdered the love of your my life and and she's still mad at him and he's like i'm the love of your life she's like shut up shut I'm up so like, yeah <laughs> i'm like i love that little like those side comments <laughs> Yeah, it's so hilarious. I freaking love it. Which, and then when he tells her, like, "Oh yeah," when she finds out he got murdered, and she's like, "Oh well, so what?" Because <laughs> you still left. <laughs> I was dead. I'm not asking for trying to hold on grudge. Which is kind of true because when I saw that, I saw a little bit of me. <laughs> so I'm like, "Ooh, is that me? Do I tend to do that sometimes?" <laughs> like, but. <laughs> Like, well, sorry, I was dead. I'm not asking for excuses. Like, you're just saying. Like, so what? You're dead because you left. You would have still been alive if you didn't go. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, I think we have covered everything. Um, Victim blaming the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for, like, watching the movie. And happy Day of the Dead to everyone. Feliz Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. To you as well. <laughs> and then Ivan, any news for this um, nerdy bunch season? What do we got going on? Well, we're still planning out the next few episodes um, for the Nerdy Bunch podcast. Uh, as far as other podcasts, we do have a lot more podcasts than we did before. So they're um, starting the week now. Of course, you can listen to the Nerdy Bunch on. Uh, and then after you can listen to the horror horrors on Tuesday, hey. and then Wednesday uh, we will be airing our last episode of Ton Talk, and that's because it's the season finale. So we will be going off for a couple of weeks, and then starting again um, wait, for wait, season Tom three. Talk? For no Ton Talk, uh, Nerd Hot. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> My bad. There's so many. <laughs> and then. So uh, and then speaking of Tontok, uh, we had it airing on Fridays, but because they are covering Mandalorian, uh, uh, they're going to go through the full season two um, back to back. So we, we're moving it to Sunday. So and then you can do Gamers for Life on Saturday with Arthur and Jarrell. What up? And they talk about everything and anything video games and they're GameStop experiences their former GameStop employees. Works, works, and then, stories. Ooh, and then, no. of course, end your week with now Ton Talk um, with Isabel and Clarissa. Uh, but other than that, that's it for me. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say. No, I think that's it. No, that's it. All right, guys. Well, we'll catch you next week. And like Ellie said, have a good day of the dead. I hope you guys also had a good Halloween. And Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. I probably just fucked Baba it all up. <laughs> Baba Booey. 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 God damn it. <laughs>